the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic, without Aaron Gordon, without Jamal Murray, still beat the Clippers in LA. <laughs> we'll talk about that win. Plus, a look at how the Nuggets have fared without Jamal Murray because guess who's back? Maybe. Locked on Nuggets. <laughs> you are locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys being in every day or joining us Monday through Friday here on the show. We're across all platforms. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on Pocket Cast. You can catch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Locked On Nuggets. Appreciate you guys being with us and part of our community. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DNVR. We have a lot to get to on today's show and a short time to do it. So we're going to get busting here. Uh, all right. So here's uh, how it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about the win over the Clippers because we didn't get get to one yesterday. We had some, I had tech problems uh, yesterday getting my internet fixed, which is better now. It's faster and cleaner. And is that for you? But that meant that we were delayed today. We're going to talk about that win over the Clippers. We're going to wrap up how the team looked without Jamal Murray, the ups and the downs, the overall look of that. And then the final segment, we'll talk about the potential for Jamal Murray return tonight versus the Houston Rockets. And I want to get thoughts on how the Nuggets will approach this game. Let's start with an absolutely uh, electric win by the Nuggets, mostly bench. As on Monday night, they were able to get a win versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they get that win 113-104 behind... Ryan Blackburn, like said, this might have been Reggie Jackson's best game. I don't know if I will go that far because he had some really like explosive ones with OKC <laughs> and Detroit, but it's the best one in a while. It's the best one in like, I don't know, seven years-ish as uh, Reggie Jackson in this game. 35 points on 15 of 19 shooting, 13 assists, five boards, two steals. DeAndre, that's my DJ Jordan, 21 <laughs> points, 13 rebounds. Um, I I just I have I went back and rewatched this game yesterday, Adam, and I, I have a lot of a lot of things to say about the Clippers, but I don't think you can say enough about the resolve, the way the young guys stepped up, the leadership from Reggie Jackson, uh Cantavius Caldwell Pope and DeAndre Jordan in that game, and the collective identity of the Nuggets to get a win without Nikola Jokic missing three starters, three really important starters. Uh, it was an absolutely massive performance. Save your Clippers takes for Twitter because as much as I think they are valid and like, Hey, we can all sit and point and laugh to me. It's way more interesting, way more interesting that the Nuggets stepped up in this one and that Reggie in particular stepped up and took it to his old team the way he did. He looked incredible, Matt. This was my favorite game of the year. I, 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 When it happened in the immediate aftermath, I said it's tied for the banner night. I don't think so. I think this is, now that we're a couple days removed from it, this is my favorite game of the year. Um, it's one of my favorite games of all time in the regular season for the Nuggets. 
And I actually feel like it's a watershed moment in, in a handful of ways because number I'll, I'll, there's a lot of takeaways. I'm going to start with this one. My argument on this show has been that the bench is better than it has been playing, but that there's this pressure over all of them, especially the young guys, this pressure of like, they don't want to make mistakes. Everybody's kind of afraid to do something. I feel like that game, they went out there with no pressure. Even Michael Malone's like, ah, we're probably going to lose. It's on the road. This is a throwaway game. Yoke's not even here. He's back in Denver. Um, they went out with no pressure and we saw Peyton Watson just play hard and free. We saw Julian Strother just play hard and play free. Then we saw Reggie Jackson. It wasn't, you're right. I, I like that you said it wasn't his best game ever because he's had great games. He's been a big game player, but it was his best game as a nugget by far. And it was such a great game that it makes me think that he could be a, I don't want to, this has a negative comment, connotation if I say he can have a Bruce Brown-like impact, but he played in a way that made you think that's a guy that can impact the Nuggets' trajectory, not just like fill the gaps and hold things together, you know, here or there. He's a guy that you're like, hey, that's a guy capable of winning games, like on his best nights. And that was, it was just so awesome to see. Yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff in there from you. I loved, you talked about they're afraid to do things because they're afraid of making mistakes. The bench was that's it. Like that's a really good encapsulation of kind of the issue with Denver and the bench, which is like, if you do too much or you do them badly, it exacerbates the problem and you dig a deeper hole that the starters have to dig out of. And you feel responsible for that. But on the other side of this is you, they are not built to be like, Oh, we're just going to kind of chew through possessions. That's not how that, that lineup is built. You get to do stuff. You have Peyton Watson who can make plays. You have Christian Brown who can make plays. You have these guys that can make plays. And like that's how they need to play. They need to make things happen. It is better to, for them, not all the units, but this one, to try and make things happen. I watched some of these. Like, If you go back and you watch some of these layups from Reggie Jackson, I really have to stress, like, look, like Adam played um, basketball at a higher level than I did. But I'll just say, like, the ability of Reggie Jackson – with some of these slip-in layups, you have to have so much body and, and touch control to make the layups that he did in this game. Because I kept thinking, I was like, man, if Russell Westbrook could make these layups with his athleticism, <laughs> his career so looks mean. entirely different right now. Like, And Reggie was crafty and smart. And DeAndre is throwing bounce passes on give-and-goes and off of, off of like high pinch post. Um, they ate up. I will say like one of the interesting things was like the Clippers for some, some reason were like, Hey, let's ice this pick and roll. And I was like, that's not a good idea with this. Like the one thing that Reggie Jackson and Deandre Jordan can do is capably run pick and roll versus ice with a large dude running middle for lobs. And they ate them up with it. I love Peyton Watson's game with his with like some of the fadeaways that he was able to get to. MPJ with the biggest shot of the game to basically ice it. I mean, they were locked in and they and a lot of this too is like they had so much fun in this game. Like yep. you could tell that the, like the bench was up on every single play. They were absolutely locked in. I I, I get bored with the clowning the Clippers, but I do think it's relevant to note the differences in cultural and team I, locker room, more importantly, identity when it comes yes. to how the Clippers respond to certain situations and how Denver responded yeah. in this one. And by the way, this stuff happens. Like Denver lost last year to um, the Knicks at home. Like they sometimes teams drop games at home when they expect they were going to just like steam. I think they lost to the Bulls at home last year too, right? So this yep. this stuff happens to all teams. But I do think there was something too. Denver's group 
just said, no, we're winning. They seemed extra motivated to be like, okay, no Jokic. I mean, KCP had a – Michael Malone shared a KCP quote that said something like, he told me in the locker room, Yoke's out, Nuggets roll, or something like that. Like, you know, the stars are out, but the, the Nuggets aren't out. You know, and I just love that mentality and that attitude, and they played with it. Um, so it was great, man. In the pick and roll in particular – Somebody told me DeAndre Jordan was actually more surprising than Reggie, and they might be right because he was phenomenal, triple-double threat in this game. But Reggie was the best player on the court. Not yeah. not questionably, unquestionably the best player on a court that featured four Hall of Famers. And, and that is so encouraging. Matt, do you agree with my assessment here that Reggie last year was out the rotation? He did play in the playoffs for a stint here or there. But when you see him, like, okay, how he's come and approached this year, how he's sort of taken over, you know, th that second unit in a lot of ways and the identity of it, he might be a disaster. I mean, he is an up-and-down player. He is a hot or cold player. He reminds me of Will Barton in, in some ways. But his peak of 37 or 39, whatever he had, his ability to get that makes me think that the Nuggets, he could be a player that tilts a series in Denver's favor because th that caliber player, you only need him to have one good quarter. Sometimes that's yeah. all you need in an entire series. And yeah. he looks like a guy capable of that. And like I, one of the things I really just enjoyed about this is this is kind of what I've, I've talked about for a long time, which is, and like, it is interesting in the context of this game without yoke is they just like those starter minutes. I was like, Oh, they just look like a, they look like a normal good NBA team with one player having a really great night and the center playing well, like, that's like pretty normal basketball. It's just like, hey, we're gonna run, we're gonna run spread, pick and roll, and we're gonna find gaps in your coverage, and we're gonna we're gonna punish you for it. Um, phenomenal performance, amazing game, and you're absolutely right that Reggie uh, has the capacity, more so than I think we thought at the start of the year, to be a guy that can tilt a series, and that's huge in terms of checking a box that I think the Nuggets needed to find somebody who could do that. I think that's that's really important. And and the fear with Reggie is that he can also be a guy to lose you a game if he gets a little. Yes. But we haven't seen that guy very often this year. I mean, I in 18, trying, 19 games, once or twice. I think he's trying really hard not to be that guy. Right. I think he wants to fit in and he wants to fit in with this team. And yeah. I think that that really matters. And that approach, I think, is really valuable. Last one before we before we yep. move on, though. DeAndre Jordan played, and he played phenomenally well. And more importantly, he gave an identity to that lineup, right? Pick and roll. They had an identity. Does this make you think that DeAndre Jordan should be playing more? Or do you think this was a good DeAndre's there to have one game like this, but it's not a he's not there to have 40, 50 games like this? He's there to have one game like this every now and again. Like you still this doesn't change their need for a long-term backup center solution. Like huh. it's not reasonable to expect it of him. He played awesome. He busted, he busted tail in that game. He yeah, played he played so hard. hard. He yeah. played hard and credit to him for being ready. And doing the thing. It was awesome to see uh, for a guy that made fun of us for basically talking about him like he was dead when he was introduced to the team last year. On the other side, the Nuggets are are maybe, may, maybe, through the, the Jamal Murray-less stretch. We'll see what we learned during that stretch before we talk about the possibility of the Blue Arrows return. We'll talk about that next on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, I, I am on the Nuggets tonight. I think this is absolutely a, a great spot for them. We'll talk about why. <laughs> they better. In the final segment. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner 
of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore and Adam Mares with you on a Wednesday. Uh, all right, Adam. So the Nuggets have gotten through the stretch without Jamal Murray. Maybe. Maybe. maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Jamal, I know. This Jamal has all the markings had... of us getting excited, and then it's like, oh. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I I'm, I will tell you that I feel pretty confident he's going to play. Um, me too. Me too. Me too. You know, I'm just saying. Shadowing from Shams earlier this week, which is clearly agent leaked. Yeah. You have um, uh, you you have the upgrade to questionable, which usually indicates it. Like it would. And be you have all the guys hanging back. Team. You have AG and Jokic hanging back, which feels like a hey, we're resetting things on Wednesday, which is <laughs> yeah, you know. which I think is really funny because I like for I, I did kind of wonder if if. Like Houston, there wasn't any sort of incident with Houston, but I was kind of like, oh, they, they'd like to remind Houston of a few things after the two wins that Houston got in Houston. Um, yeah. Wind noted this, that Denver, uh, it, he tweeted this the other day, uh, at Harrison Wind, if Jamal Murray returns tomorrow today, which I think he does, Denver will have went 7-5 and five without him in the lineup. That's good! Um, that's fine. All five of those losses came on the road. Nuggets are in a great spot at 12. By the way, all of five came to teams that are good. Like they yep. didn't lose to any bad teams. They lost on the road to, and look, it was ugly. That's why I think it feels worse because some of the games were blowouts, but they didn't really lose into any bad teams. Yeah. And so I think it, I, well, I just want to ask you, what, what is your big takeaway from this 12 game stretch without Jamal? Um, <laughs> well, it was, I think a necessary struggle. Uh, and I mean that sincerely, this uh, I've said this and people have really disagreed with me. Some people have agreed, but people have disagreed that this year reminds me a lot of last year in that Denver had 20 games for Jamal Murray to get healthy. And in those 20 games, their record was good, but it didn't feel good. It felt wrong. Things felt off. And you were like, hey, what's going on? Is the bench OK? It looks terrible. Is Jokic OK? Is Murray OK? Like, you're worried about all these things. And it was as Jokic told us in at media day, we're going to be bad for 20 to games. Like Murray's going to be bad. It's going to be a slog. Murray hits a shot against the Portland trailblazers to win the game. And it felt like the end of that experiment. Like, okay, now the next season begins. This season has a similar trajectory. Denver looked like the best team in the NBA for the, for eight games. We were talking about, Oh my God, this team's on a tier of their own. There's not even anybody in their tier, not even the Celtics in their tier. They lose Murray. And then it's like, Oh, there's the warts. Everything's exposed. They have some weaknesses mm -hmm. there here, there. I think they managed them and they learned things about themselves through that process. And more importantly, Denver's young guys, I think, had to go through the fire and come out of it. And I think that last night, last game against the Clippers represented a, hey, we survived the storm. It wasn't pretty. We didn't like check all the boxes, but we survived it. And now we get to go back to the easy portion or, you know, we get Murray back and it should make things a little bit easier. And the next time there's a storm, I think Denver's better prepared for it. I'm not willing to go that far. And so, really? yeah, I'm not willing to go that far. I don't think that they're through the fire because I think the entire thing is that the bench is almost entirely made of young players. And the biggest problem with young players is consistency. And as much as the season is about defining and developing and adding to things in, in people's games and finding the best way for them to play, it's also about establishing that consistency. And this is like the whole thing with Peyton Watson after he got DPOG, right? After the Spurs game is like, yeah. hey, you got to do this every night. Like you've got it. You've got to bring it every single night. He had um, two in a row, which is encouraging though. I think they, they learned. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and they learned, I think a little, I, I hope that they've learned a little bit about Julian Strother needs the ball in his hand a little bit more that yeah. maybe he's the guy that can, that can help bring up that unit a little bit more. Um, I think that they learned uh, what I'm uh, what I, I will say that where I'm at right now, 
And this doesn't mean that this is his entire career. Careers are long. He's just got a new deal. He's going to have to, like, he's got time. But I'll just say, like, right now, Zeke Naji is way closer to Jackson Hayes than he is to Jared Vanderbilt or I'm trying to think of like a really skill big, <laughs> like a skill big, they right? Said, you started with a low bar and then like the high bar was so low also. <laughs> yes. And so um, like this, but this is kind of the thing is that yeah. I don't think that Zeke is like a super utility player that you can use mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Right now he's a hustle guy. That's and like I've been confused because he's of all done the players, that. he's the one that probably is least like you can be encouraged about coming out of this. Yeah, you know? and I think the problem with that is that like I don't usually that's because like well he just kind of slept walk through it right like I don't know not to bring up a, a controversial name but like Bull Bull right like where it's just like he's just kind of out there. Zeke is like he's put like he he had so many offensive rebounds and like yeah. he's working really hard to try and make an impact in the ways in which the coaching staff maybe has told him to maybe that's his interpretation whatever it is. And again, like I said this about bones and I said this about Bobo and I said this about other guys. Well, not as much about Bobo, but I said this about other guys where it's like, look on other teams, like they'll probably find a role. Like they'll probably come into their own, but like Zeke hasn't really established himself. Um, I think, you know, with Strother, one of my things is that because they have so many young guys, there's also not a hierarchy, right? Like if Strother was the young guy, Correct. Yeah, I like this. Then maybe it would be like a little bit more of an emphasis on, okay, everybody else can do their job and they don't need to like, but yeah. everybody, it's like, everybody's trying to develop their stuff and find their role yeah. and make, and, you know, identify what they can do for this team. And Strother's part of that versus like, if it was in a different, if there was a more veteran bench, it might just be like, oh, hey, like we're going to give the rookie some reps and pick and roll DHO, et cetera, get him going a little bit as, you know, as part of our, like our long-term plan. And so they've managed this well, those um, those losses, like you said. I, I do think that maybe the I, I will say, you know, I work a lot on win profiles. Like who do you win, who do you win versus who do you lose versus? It's not as simple as home road sometimes. But I do think that in particular, like this what this did teach me is like <clears throat> Denver is still a team that's gonna be great at home, struggle on the road. And Denver, especially if they are not whole, are gonna have a hard time on the road. That mm-hmm. the these lineups they need the home crowd in order for them to get them going. And you say like, well, what about LA? I think LA is kind of like an interesting kind of example of this and that that's a high motivation spot. The nuggets have always played with high motivation versus the Clippers. They know that team very well, even with Harden and they have a high level of motivation in that spot. So it's like, it's a great win, you know, but it's different than when, if they have to go to, I don't know who, who like a random Eastern conference opponent, or they got to go to Minnesota uh, or these types of who's, who's your go-to random East Coast opponent? Who is who's your go-to? Mine's Cleveland. Orlando, Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, because they're Orlando. good, but because like yeah. they're good, but it's not a team anyone gets up for, right? Okay. Um, okay. Hold on, real a, quick though, I want to say the up to your point. I'm not saying that the Nuggets are over the hump with right. the bench. My point is, you know, like if you're in a fight. The first punch is always the most shocking and the most painful, right? Because it's like there's just adrenaline or whatever. Every punch after that, it's like you're just already in fight mode or whatever. I think that's what the Nuggets, like that stretch represented the first punch and now they've absorbed it. And so it's not that they have solved or won the fight. It's just that it's going to be easier for them to tackle the challenge the next time it presents itself. They're, they're, they've jumped in the pool already. The, the cold shock has already hit them. Yeah, and they uh, might still be bad. Like it's it's not just not work out, but I do feel that Peyton Strother, 
The only guy I don't feel this way about is Zeke, in part because he wasn't really part of this last win. I mean, he went out there and did his job as a bench player, but it was the DeAndre show, right, that that stood out in this one. So he's the only I'm guy still, that I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. I think I'm still very much TBD on Peyton. Like, he makes these defensive plays that are so incredible. And he doesn't make a lot of defensive mistakes. Like, I'm never like – it's really crazy how few guys are on this team where I'm like, oh, man, he's just lost. Like, there's just not a lot of guys – on this team where I, I look back at again, not to beat up Will, but like the, those years without Jamal when Will was having to be number two. And it was just like, there were so many lapses where you're just like, Oh my God, guys, what are you doing? It, they don't like this is, they're very, they're pretty solid for young guys. Defensively. All these guys are really solid. They should be. That's why they were drafted. Like you drafted Christian Brown and you drafted Peyton Watson for defense, but it is really impressive that there's just not a lot of times where I'm like, like, Christian gets beat coming over screens versus like really high leverage shooters running full speed. And even then Christian puts a pretty good attempt at, like at contesting on it. There's just not a lot of breakdowns, which is really good. Right. And, th and this is really kind of funny of like what we're expecting where it's like, and then the overall record kind of illustrates this of like, yeah, they lost to good teams on the road without a, one of their best players because their bench is still trying to figure some stuff out. And also the starters didn't have a good stretch there either. Um, but you're, I think you're right that we're into a new phase of the season you know like i talk about plot twists like the plot twists kind of define those chapters of the season about yep. how you evolve um Chapter we'll, talk three about, coming up. we'll talk about what we expect of the next one because maybe possibly i think probably he's back let's talk about that up next on locked on nuggets right now i want to tell you about prize picks Prize picks is the best way for you to play daily fantasy sports. You're not playing against other players. You're not playing against lots of models and hundreds of entries. It's just you versus the projected stats. All you got to do is pick more or less on projected stats. You can win up to 25 times your money with these. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. You can turn $10 into 250 bucks with just a few taps. It's really simple to play. You just pay, make your picks and submit your entry. It takes less than 60 seconds. They offer quick and fast withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players. They have so many players on these lists. That's one of the best things about prize picks is, you know, you, you will play other uh, games and they've only got like a certain selection of guys that are available if you have an angle on a game and you know that this guy is going to play well or not play well, you can find that guy in prize picks and make a projection on them. They offer Apple pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. That's code L O C K E D O N N B A for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow recapping the game versus the Houston Rockets, uh, which is going to be an interesting one, Adam, because, well, one, the Nuggets have lost two to the Rockets. Uh, by the way, in the post-COVID, the post-bubble era, the Nuggets are 12 and two at home after they lost to an opponent on the road uh, in the previous game. Um, Jamal Murray was upgraded to questionable earlier this week. Sean Strani reported that uh, Murray was likely to make his return sometime this week, either Wednesday or Friday. He was approaching a return and then he pops up on the injury report as questionable for today's game. Now that's not a definite sign. If Jamal goes through shoot around pregame warm up and doesn't feel right, he won't play. 
but it does kind of indicate that probably uh, I, I think the signals are pretty clear here, just as it was pretty clear. The nuggets were going to rest Nikola Jokic in that game <laughs> on Monday. If you follow the patterns here, it's pretty indicative that they're going to, uh, that Jamal is going to play in this game. Um, I, I will personally, like, I thought about this this morning of like, what am I expecting? Like, you know, what does this mean? Sometimes it's bad when a player comes back from injury and you have to adapt to him. I don't expect that here just from how the season started. I think the starters go right back to absolutely cracking heads. Uh, what's your view on the impact of Jamal coming back in the immediate? Well, the starting lineup wasn't as good as it had been in previous years, even with, uh, I mean, statistically speaking, it wasn't the the juggernaut that it had been uh, in previous years. A lot of that is that it's small sample size and they got killed by Minnesota, <laughs> lowered their, you know, their overall net rating. So I don't know if it'll be right out of the package and they have a tough team in Houston tonight. What I do think though, is that the Nuggets are poised to go on a nice run as a team. The staggered lineups, I think are going to make more sense. And like I said, I do think guys like Julian and Peyton and even Christian to a certain extent can exhale and say like, okay, we're through that portion now. We can get things going a little bit easier. So I expect the Nuggets to look a lot like they did at the start of the year. A really good team, arguably the best team in the league. That doesn't mean it's going to be pretty every night or that their record is going to be like number one in the NBA. But I just think that the team we saw for the last three weeks, that was a, you know, that was a scar that is, that is, that they're through with. Uh, Grace asks, is AG coming back? I expect him to play as well. He was, he's listening as questionable for this game. Um, I think probably they rested got like, I don't get the sense that these injuries were injuries. No, they were injuries. <laughs> I think they were hurt, but I think no, it's just a matter of like a soreness and an injury though. Right. I, I think this is part of the thing though. Right. Is like, okay, he's a little banged up. So let's give him a couple of days. We can heal the injury and get him some rest. Let's do two birds, one stone. And I think it's interesting. Um, this team, I will say, uh, Jokic won't ever take the bait on this. That's why I don't bother really asking him about it. And I, I understand it. I don't, you don't want to give, you don't want to like reveal these things. My read, and I want to ask you the Jokic whisper of this. My read is that he remembers when teams beat them. And he does like he plays, he, he tends to play really well after losses and he tends to play really well after a team has beaten them earlier in the season. There's a little bit of like, I, I, all right, I got to take this one a little bit more seriously. Um, not that they don't, but just like a heightened level. And I think the Houston being them twice and how much those were feel good wins for the Rockets. And like they should have been, they beat the champs, right? Yeah. They beat the champs. I understand why it was a big game for Houston. Um, there was no like reported like bad blood. There was no altercation, but just like, I know Dylan. I, I just, I know Dylan and I know Dylan was talking because that's what Dylan does. And like the Rockets are going to talk a little bit and he wants them to talk a little bit. So I'm expecting this to be a focused, concentrated. All right. Let's remember where we are in the hierarchy game uh, from the Nuggets tonight. What do you think? Um, I don't know if it's that thoughtful i don't know if all of those different steps go through maybe it's possible what i do think is that to your point about Jokic, i think he has been a little bit weird with shangun that's the one thing i'll say is that that relationship to me has been a little bit weird because shangun so clearly idolizes him and i imagine i think yoke hates being idolized i think this is true of fans yeah. and of everyone and i do think that there's a weirdness to that and look shangun has had Two very good games against Jokic. Jokic's outplayed him in both games, but Shangun has played well and his team has won. So I do wonder if there's a little bit of that of like, it's weird to be idolized and this guy is like 2-0 against me now. 
So I, I imagine that there is a collective desire to beat down this Rockets team tonight. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they just got added to – because the Nuggets didn't make the in-season tournament, they get two new games. Well, who do they get? The Clippers and Rockets? What are we doing, NBA? They're going to play the Rockets four times in three and a half weeks. This is so dumb. But I do think there is something, too. You don't want to get to April – and you start to look at the standings and go, oh, Denver was 0-4 against the Rockets this year? Hmm. That's And that's their matchup? Like, you don't want to get to that point. So I do think there is something important about, hey, tonight, show them, you played us twice when we were shorthanded and then your house. Now you're in our house full of strength. Watch, watch this beat down. I think the big thing here is, like, Yoke is not in a dark room staring at a picture of, <laughs> of, of Alvin Shangoon and focusing right. on his rage, right? right? It's more of, like, he gets the arena and is like, who are we playing tonight? The Rockets. Oh, those guys beat us last time. Okay. All right. Like, you know, and we've yeah. talked about how he adapts to the matchup and plays better. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think in part, I don't think that I think Jokic, I am not often uh, critical of NBA media because I don't feel the need to, because everyone else in the world is. Um, and so I don't feel like that I have to do this, but I will say like, we're lazy with these comps. We're lazy with these narratives. We're lazy with these relationships between players. Oh, it's a white center that can pass. And I'm like, every time I watch him, he's way stronger than he was. I've been really impressed with his core strength this season. Al Alpi is way closer to, to Demonis than he is to Nicola. Man, I disagree with this, actually, surprisingly. Okay, hit me why. I think he is by far the closest yoke replica or, or comp or, or or whatever. Okay, why? Um, because Sabonis, to me, is a guy that can pass and does some things from the elbows and stuff. But to me, it's more robust. It's less like great feel and more like he makes his same reads. His touch isn't phenomenal. And his game is – I would not call um, Sabonis's game necessarily creative. It's almost to me like an uncreative player's interpretation of Jokic. Shangun's okay. very creative in the way he shoots, in the way he moves, in the way he spins and pivots, and in particular in the way he sees the court. So I think their bodies are different. I think that's the biggest thing is that Sabonis and Jokic, I don't know if this is true of Sabonis, but they both feel bigger. So their size comes as a like Yoke in particular, just like bullies guys. And that's why I think Shangun is almost always going to come up short to Jokic is he's not a size mismatch against most centers. He's like the same size. And when teams go small, he's slightly bigger. Yoke bludgeons undersized guys. But from the creativity and the skill set, to me, he is actually comparable to Jokic. I mean, Jokic's the, the goat of this, but he is actually comparable in, in the IQ and the feel and the touch. I'll do a little bit more work on it. Maybe I'm missing on the creativity side of this. Cause I, I will say I oftentimes do this where like I have perceptions of players where I'm like, yeah, they just go through the rope mechanisms of passing and like those are good passes and they're on target, but they're not necessarily like ahead of the defense. The way that, that that's like Bam. Play. I remember somebody was arguing with me that Bam is as good of a passer as Yoke. And I was like, guys, no, he's not. He's mm. just making like four reads and he can make the backboard. He's really good at it. That's really good skill. And then he has the defense, but he's not bending the defense and making reads and doing yeah, see, he's I don't not see creating that. them. I don't see that from, from, from Albie, but you know, I'll go back and I'll, maybe I just missed it and I'll do some more work on it. Um, I want to ask you a question on the a question on this. Cause uh, you know, he's tried a bunch of different staggered rotations. I think the one that I've settled on that I like the idea of the most um, it was tough. I think for a while because Jamal and MPJ didn't have as good a chemistry, but they've gotten better at that. I really like staggering Jamal and MPJ. And I, I like the idea, honestly, of like, Splitting depending on the matchup, either Peyton Watson or Justin Holiday subbing for uh, MPJ to get the stagger in. To me, yeah. that makes like a lot of intuitive sense. It's just like yeah. you, you put I it in like, honestly, it kind of fits, right? If Holiday subs for MPJ and Watson subs for AG, 
and Zeke subs for Nicola, um, then like the that that sequence to me makes a lot of sense, and it means that you have both creation and shooting. I the Jamal Reggie minutes have not been good, and I've railed against them, but MPJ might unlock that a little bit, especially with how Reggie's playing as we get further into the season. What do you think about that? About which, which part? The last part? MPJ is, stagger. MPJ stagger. Oh, no, no. The stagger I love. The, the stagger idea I'm 100% with. And here's the thing, and it's not like Michael Malone. He's never gone to this. This is why I'm so skeptical of it. But to me, everybody's good with Jokic, yes. But Christian, Julian, and Peyton all, to me, have the potential to be great with Jokic. Meaning their skills perfectly translate to what Jokic does. And Jokic is going to make their weaknesses strong, strong enough that it doesn't matter. So to me, I like playing those guys, and to, and I don't like them as a unit on the bench together. So naturally, that means you're going to have to stagger some players and play them that way. So I 100% hope we go there, but let's be realistic, Matt. We know what's going to happen. It's going to be a Murray stagger with four bench players, and yeah. <laughs> Nuggets are going to have to deal with it. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, that's going to do it for Locked on Nuggets for the day. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Rockets game and then I'm with you again on Friday morning, setting up the big game versus the Suns. We'll also have a post-game uh, show either Friday night or Saturday uh, off of that game and setting up the Saturday night back-to-back as well. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll talk to you guys uh, again next I'm time. At, real quick, I'm heading over to Reddit. If any of you guys are Redditors, uh, Tim Legler's doing an AMA, and I'll be over there as well. So if you have any questions for me, you can throw them. But Legs that can answer your Nuggets questions over on Reddit. Go check out the Reddit on uh, RNBA, I assume? Yes. Yeah, so go check out RNBA, which I love. It has all sorts of randomness in there. So go check that out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets. All right.